We are proud members of the Spy Podcast Network. Find out more at www.spypodcasts.com. Welcome back to Spy Hard's podcast. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam the Provocateur. And we are continuing our final potential final run with Jason Bourne this week. We did the Bourne roundtable a couple of days ago and we're here with another Jason Bourne spy master interview. Cam, who are we talking to? We are talking to Nikki Nade, who was the actor and fight choreographer involved in the huge... Born breakthrough fight scene involving a pen in the born identity. Yeah, and one of the reasons we chose this week to do the born roundtable is because it is the 20th anniversary of the born identity. So I couldn't think of a better way of celebrating it than having Nicky Norday on the show. We spoke to him a couple of months ago now, but we were saving it to release this week because, you know, this fight sequence that he helped put together, and we'll get into that in the interview is potentially one of the most memorable things from that film. And it's a really fun interview. Uh, I hope you will enjoy it, and we'll see you on the other side. Cam, roll it. And joining us here on the show today, it is Castell himself from the Born Identity, Mr. Nicky Norday. How are you doing, Nicky? I'm pretty good, thank you. And how are you? All right, you know, surviving. Uh, not a, I haven't got a pen <laughs> stuck into my hand, so I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah be careful we never know you know what can happen i keep i keep one with me at all times just in case i <laughs> i need to defend myself um but i think you know we are here to talk about the born identity and and your role as cast out in the film but i think before we get there what i like to do when we have guests on the show is just get to know you a little bit better so the first question i always like to ask is what wanted, what prompted you to get into the industry hollywood acting stunt work all that sort of stuff well since uh, <clears throat> when i first got in france you know i was uh, because i'm also a canadian and uh, i was like 8 years old and um, i watched a film uh, le bossu with uh, jean marais a uh, very famous french actor at the time you know and it's some sort of kpdp film and uh, when I watched that film, you know, I, I take a look at my mom, you know, I said, you know what, you know, for the future, I just want to be like this guy, you know, I want to act, I want to do some action, I just want to be like this guy. And at the same time, same year, Bruce Lee died. And uh, then it was like a shock. And uh, that just, you know, gave me even more motivation to, um, to be an actor and uh, some sort of action actor, I guess. And um, I started to do martial art, you know, same time. I was eight years old. And uh, yeah, the, all my life, you know, I've been through that two different passions, you know, of uh, acting, art, let's say, with a big A, and, um, and the martial arts and the, the fighting, combat and all that. Well, I'd love to know, um, you know, Bruce Lee, you say, was a big influence. What was like the first experience you remember of seeing something Bruce Lee did and being wowed by it? 
when I first saw him, you know, on screen. And um, it was uh, at the time, um, uh, well, I'm getting confused, you know, with the English title. Oh, Enter the Dragon. And when I, when I, uh, when I saw this film, I said, holy cow, you know, I mean, this guy is like just such a brilliant actor, you know, and what he does, you know, on screen as a martial artist, it's crazy. And then I just wanted to know more about him because the same, like I said, you know, same year, you know, he died. So then I started to, you know, buy some books and some, you know, because at the time we didn't have internet. So we, we had to collect books and, uh, you know, and, uh, and through my, uh, my practice also, I met different people. And uh, yeah, that's the, the first emotion that I had for martial hearts, you know, it was uh, from, uh, from Bruce Lee. Well, that's actually uh, leads me on to my next question beautifully. You're speaking of martial arts now. I know, obviously, you didn't really get into the film side of things until a little bit later on in your early years. But did you study martial arts early on? Was that something you jumped on when you were watching the films? And what what you know what disciplines did you study? Kung fu. I studied, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to be like the guy, you know. So I studied by kung fu, and uh, when I was uh, twelve years old. I started also the kickboxing and the English boxing because I also wanted to prove myself that, you know, it's uh, cool to practice martial arts, you know, but if I am getting to some real fight, like a sport real fight, I mean, you know, not like on the street because this is ridiculous to fight on the streets, man. Even if uh, that happened at the time, I was a kid too, so I had to defend myself. But just to go back on um, the martial arts, yeah, I just wanted to know, uh if i'm good or not so that's why you know i started yeah the kickboxing english boxing and and then yeah i started uh, to 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 fight you know on the ring so i became uh france and the european champion junior on uh, the american kickboxing full contact you know at the time but still uh, working on on the martial arts and the weapons you know all the nunchakus ticks you know whatever you know swords a lot also so yeah i've been practicing on on you know on one hand the, the traditional martial arts and on the other all the, the 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 fighting kickboxing i saw um i saw a video on youtube today of you training and some pretty hardcore training that i saw you do i just thought well that was a I, I mean, I used to do Krav Maga myself, and I, I, none of those heights. I did some injuries, and I can't do it anymore. But, like, you are still going for it. It's a fair play, because that's hard stuff. Yeah, I'm still. And I, I think I, I, I told you, Scott, you know, uh, uh, the, the last weekend, you know, uh, I did um, a France uh, championship, you know, as a veteran, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just won. The gold medal, you know, so which is not too bad, wow. you know, for um, a man of my age, I guess, you know. So, but the <laughs> the thing is, you know, that um, um, and 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 the key actually, it's to just keep on training, mm -hmm. the, the old time. I mean, maybe even one day, of course, you're not going to be really old, but even I will do some tai chi, whatever, you know. I still want to move all my life, you know, for to to the very end. But so far, yeah, I feel still good and. Uh, and that was a proof, yeah, last weekend, you know, and we had a lot of fun also. It's important to, I do that because I enjoy myself, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's part of my life. It's a way of life, I guess. Well, I'd love to know just to maintain that and keep it going. How much, like, what is your training regimen like in a week? 
wow, it's almost uh, almost every day. Even, even if it's a little something, you know, even if it's like an hour, because I don't have time, you know, doing different things. But yeah, almost every day. And because I need to. It's, it's, a, it's a drug. <laughs> Adrenaline, you know, for me, it's a drug. And that's the best one you can use, you know, and it's natural. It's, it's the one you have inside you. And, um, and even if I do have like a, you know, once in a while, I, you know, very good wine and because I love life too, you know, I enjoy myself, like I said, but yeah, yeah, the, 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 the training, the martial arts, the whatever, you know, because I do also like just uh, training weights also and, uh, you know, the cardiovascular, any kind of training with swimming, running, but I have to do a little something almost every day. And to get some rest, of course, you know, sometimes when I feel myself too tired, then, you know, I take a break for like one, two days. But let's say minimum, yeah, minimum five days a week. Well, um, you know, how old were you when you got into martial arts? Like what age? What, 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 when I started martial arts? Yeah. Uh, eight. Seven, eight. Were you really like an active kid? Like was jumping into something with a very strong discipline a natural fit for you? You, you can say active kid, totally. <laughs> I couldn't stand, you know, for me, even school, you know, was hard for me to, to stay there sitting for like, you know, six, seven hours all day long, my goodness. Even between one and uh, during lunchtime, you know, I could eat like very fast, you know, just to keep on running, moving, doing things. Yeah, uh, you, 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 you can say that very active since I'm, uh, since ever. <laughs> Well, you, you um you took another question out of my mouth there, but leading back to the uh Sarah, the the contest you went to the weekend just before, I was actually going to ask you on the show how you did. So you've already answered. You won a gold medal. Congratulations! Yeah, I can even send you some. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, Scott. I can send you some some footage of the sure. what we did. You know, because it's in the kung fu wushu. There is um one discipline called the dulian. Dulian, you know, it's uh, just a fighting choreography, actually. So it's one of my uh, creation on the top of it. And um, so it's uh, like in the Born Identity, actually, we, with knife, you know, it's a, we uh, just attack each other, you know, with knives. And, uh, and um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of, you know, like I said before, you know, it's a lot of pleasure to do it, but also to show that to people and to, to martial artists pro on the top of it, you know, and to be judged, you know, because you go there, it's not to get money. Uh, at least, yeah, maybe if you're good, you're going to have that medal, you know, but it's just to, to be there, you know, and to still, you know, it's, uh, it's like in a homage of Bruce Lee, actually, you know, I'm like, uh, I think about the guy and they're like, hey, you know what, I'm still here, I'm still doing it, you know, and, um, and sharing with all the people around, and, and yeah, it did, we did pretty cool, it went very well. Good. Well, you've um, send us that footage because I'd love to share it with people. But I will. You, okay. you, you, um, you lead me on very beautifully to, the, I think, the topic we want to talk about uh, when it comes to fight choreography, and that is the born identity. Um, so let's let's dive into it a little bit. How did you get connected with the project to start off with? Um, at the time, um, the second unit director, um, Alexander Veet. The sort of film, um, the uh, Crimson River from Matthew Kasovitz, 
the Rivière Pourpre uh, in French. And um, I was in the film and I also direct all the actions, uh, all the fighting choreography and all the stunts, you know, in the film. And at the time they were looking for the part of Castel. So they started to do the cast, the, the, the casting in, uh, in New York, in Italy, um, in England, everywhere, you know, and they couldn't find the right guy, you know. And um, Alexandrovitch, for some reasons, you know, went to see the Crimson River from Matthew Kasovitz. And when he saw the film, he saw, he saw me and the big fight in the film that we're doing with uh, Vincent Cassel. When he, when he went back to the studio, he, he, he talked to uh, Doug Liman and he said, you know what, I think we got the part of Castel because I saw one guy in the film, you know, and I think if it's perfectly uh, for the part of Castel, so then they were looking for me through the different uh, movies company like La, La Gaumont. Finally, they got, they got in touch with me. They asked me to come. I met Doug, Doug Lehman, <laughs> which is, he's a character, you know, himself. And he said, uh, yeah, Nikki, uh, I heard about you from uh, Alexander, you know, the second unit director. And he told me that maybe you know, on and on and on, that you may be good for the part. So what I'm gonna do, <laughs> I'm gonna go and see the film, you know, and uh, well, we call you back next day or something like this, you know, the company called me back, Universal, they say, Nikki, we want you there right now, you know, because you get the part of Castell. Wow, that's an easy casting process. I, I like that. That's it was that. <laughs> <laughs> well, interestingly then, so you've got the call from Doug Lyman, uh, based on a referral, which is the best way to be, because someone's seen that you're good at it and they want you to do their job. What did the character and the scene look like when you first came to the project? Because I imagine these things tend to evolve on set. So was it was the scene choreographed exactly how we saw it or was it different? Where was it? We started to work on the, the, the choreography with Nick Powell. Nick Powell was a, he's a, an Englishman from the big, big family of the Sun people, the, the, the big Powell family. And um, so we did the creation all together. And he also knew me from uh, by a reputation. So he did the job, you know, but a, a, every day was asking me about Nikki, what do you think? What do you prefer? Do you want to do this move or this move or whatever, you know? So we just, he did the creation, but ju just let's say that, um, I go by participation, you know, on, on the fighting choreography. But he's the one. He's the main guy, you know, who did the the the, the choreography. And uh, and we with Matt Damon, which is a, such a lovely guy, really. I mean, he's a he's a he's a sweetie, really. I mean, he's he's very good because he's a real pro and he's so smart on the top of it. I love, I really like the guy. And when we met, we just got along together, you know, just like, wham, like in one day, felt, you know, that I had the, that the impression that I met this guy, you know, for like 10 years already, you know, that we were friends. So that's much more easier, mostly when you have to fight, even if it's not for real, but it's still a fight. And there is still some danger, mostly when you put some push daggers, some knife, some bottles, some sticks, some guns, you know, like uh, the one I have when I get through the window, um, when I start the fight. <clears throat> so you better be nice to each other and to, to have some trust. And uh, so we've been working for uh, this fight over five weeks. 
four times a week, four or five times a week, every day, every day, every day, just to make it like perfect, just to make it like the way it looks. Mm -hmm. The style of fighting in Bourne movies is very specific. It's something that became a real like touchstone of that series, and a lot of movies would start to copy it. But I'd like to know, as someone who is an expert, and you are there for the choreography of this sequence, what do the Bourne movies do differently that other movies don't do? It's a mix. It's like milkshake, you know, of different flavors, right? And um, I think, uh, and that's why, you know, it's still like very choreographic somehow, you know, but it looks like also very realistic. And because we brought some different style of close combat, Krav Maga, Penchak Silat, all those different style, you know, which is like more brutal somehow. And I think, what we did also it's to bring an emotion in the action so the acting of this scene is very important also we brought something different you know through the all different combinations of different style but at the same time the acting what i brought you know in my crazy you know ro robotic punk whatever you know uh, and 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 the, the fact that he doesn't have the, 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 the he lost his memory and, and it, it, it brings back the memory the, the, um, as soon as we start a fight and everything, all, all this um, emotion, you know, brought something like different. Instead, oh, with the, like I said, all the different that we used in the action. And that's why then, yeah, when I saw even Daniel Gregg or Kyle Reeves or, you know, some other people, you know, well, basically they just fight like, we did somehow you know they brought also up years after years you know they tried to change like different combinations or whatever you know but just yet they, they copy i don't know if it's the right word you know but the, yeah the influence you know of this fight just changed the rules i guess you know of fighting in uh, the movies industry yeah, because when I think about it, so many of the action movies of the 90s that I grew up watching, stuff with, you know, Van Damme, Seagal, those guys, plus we talk about James Bond on this podcast a lot as well. A lot of the time, the hero character would be very, like, fairly still and emotionless, and the bad guys would kind of run at them. Whereas when I think of, like, the Bourne fights, it's very much, as you said, like, there's a lot of emotion, and it's like a real dr driving momentum behind the hero. Totally, you know, and that's why, you know, we, we, we just... Um did this fight and we 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 showed like like in a, in a different side that we we i mean like you said van damme and all those guys that i have a lot of respect you know and it's um because they also you know uh, brought something i guess you know different about bruce lee and but yeah um what we did, I guess, you know, it's more like Shakespeare somehow, you know, it's more like some sort of dramatic fight. And it's not only like a fight by itself, you know, because it's well done, the, the way we fight, all the choreography, the motions and all that, which is quite good. And the, the some perfection, I don't know, because it's very hard to touch the perfection, you know, but we did some, something quite good because we've been working a lot, you know, to have that result. But like I said again, yeah, that that feeling, that emotion that you have in this fight, it's also like the plus, you know, it's it's something that really just make it even more different, I guess. Well, you know, I, some of the best fight sequences I think of 
are not just two people hitting each other. It's actually telling a story within that without saying any words. And and this is one of those fights I think that's very successful at it because, you know, Bourne's understanding his powers, as it were. He's learning that he can fight and defend himself. And you yourself, Castell, is learning that Bourne is a lot more than he had programmed for and uh, he's slowly being defeated to the point where he you know, jumps out of the window at the end. And that's a testament to the story that you told in that scene between you and Matt. So, you know, thank you for that. I think it was great. Um, my question is sort of a two part, so I'll come back to the other half. But when it comes to Doug Lyman and Matt Damon, because you choreographed the scene uh, with Nick and then you take the scene to Doug. Do you show him what you've come up with and they, they approve it? Or is it Matt that approves it? How does that sequence work? I mean, he did straight up, you know, when he saw what we broke, you know, because even for my character, you know, I asked him like a few questions, you know, of course. Mm -hmm. I said, uh, how do you see this guy? You know, Castell, who, who is he? You know, does he have a past or whatever? You know, just to build, you know, my, 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 my character, you know. And... Uh, <laughs> Doogie is such, like I said, you know, is is uh, he's different. But uh, I love him, you know, because he he brings. Sometimes he doesn't have the, the words, you know, to explain to tell you, you know. But he has that sort of uh, moon um, feeling or whatever. And he said something very in one word. I said, so how do you see this guy? He said, well, he is some sort of jackass. I said, thank you, thank you, Doug. That's I'm, I'm not sure totally to understand exactly, but that's enough. I mean, don't don't you worry. I'm gonna compose something, and you will tell me if it's good for you. And when I wrote my part, you know, I said, Nikki, yeah, that's just the way I I see things about Castell. So, hey, it worked. <laughs> Even if I don't, I didn't have uh, so many explanations, but uh, yeah, we, we got, I mean, there was more like some uh, feeling, <laughs> I guess, you know, the feeling between Doug and I, you know, and um, I touched just the, the right spot, you know, just to put my, my, my place, you know, in the film. So um, previously on the show, we've spoken to a chap called Joey Anser, who was in another fight sequence with Matt Damon in The Bourne Ultimatum. Uh, probably the best fight sequence in that film, too. Uh, he played a character called Desh. Um, and he spoke about just the, the work ethic that Matt Damon had and the amount of time that he put into it. And, and you spoke about it just briefly there, but just maybe a little bit more about working with Matt Damon. Well, Matt um from the very beginning he's not a fighter but he's a worker and uh he put himself like in such a good condition and he's been learning different style you know for like few months even before to start the film and um and you could tell because uh he had a couple uh stunt doubles you know but when we did the fight they didn't do nothing Matt did all the fight, you know, by himself because we've been working that five weeks together, you know, experiment, you know, and just make it even better, um, the, the, the fight by itself. But like I said before, he had like different coach training, uh, uh, Jet Kundo, uh, Junfa, uh, um, uh, Petraxila, Krav Maga, different style, you know, so he's been, he's been working a lot, you know, to, um, to get ready for the film. And when we met, he was already like sharp. He was like fit, you know, so it was easier. We didn't have, uh, even if he, we were still looking for, and we did him more 
um, uh, choreography that we don't see in the in the in the film that they, they cut you know for some reasons because they decided that it was like there <laughs> already it's quite long but it was even longer so that's why we had to work even more when we were rehearsal at um, rehearsal um, uh, before the film and um, and I remember they, we were supposed to have like uh, they missed something. So during the, the the film, we already did the, the two uh, in two different parts. Um, uh, the first part in Paris, and then when we had to shoot guns and everything, we had to do it in a studio in Prague. So and it was like uh, between the the both parts, it was like months. So we have to keep on training. So that's why you know I went to Prague to keep on training with him, and then. Uh, at the very end of the film, like uh, five months after, in June or something like that, they wanted to reshoot something. So we had to keep on training. For me, my job was, and well, I, I made quite some good money for that. You know, I had to keep <laughs> my hair blonde and a little beard, whatever, you know, and, and to keep sharp and to train with Matt for the, the five next months just to make sure that if they wanted to do the reshoot, and by memory, I think they even didn't. Uh, <laughs> but they just wanted me to, to be there just in case. And, um, and for Matt, that was cool, because at the same time, we were still training, and which is crazy, because he was shooting daytime, and on the evening, uh, he was doing like an hour and a half training, with, not every day, but like, let's say, twice a week uh, with me just to make sure that he's not going to lose, he's not going to forget about the choreography and just to keep on, you know. So I was some sort of uh, training partner somehow, you know, just to make sure Matt, you know, is going to be in a good physical condition because he has uh, this fight with me, but different fights and a couple different actions, you know, in the, um, in the film. So yeah, Matt is uh, exceptional somehow. Like I said, you know, he's, uh, he's so pro, He's so, I mean, he, he so invests, you know, some, somehow, you know, he really put himself deeply into what he, what he does. And um, that's a good example. And, and it's, it was really lovely to work, you know, with this um, gentleman. Well, this is the first time he plays Born. I was curious if you kept up with the other films he did. Uh, I do have a little preference, I guess, you know, for the first one. Uh, not only because I'm into it, no, no, just because the way um, do you know direct and tell the story of the first one. I, I think it's uh, for for me it's the best one. Then um, uh, Green Grass uh, by Memory did the uh, the the last yeah the the two uh, the number two number three and the and the the, the four by, by Memory. It's very good too. But um, how? Um, no, I'm. I'm not. Um, I do respect, of course, you know, and it's very cool to see Matt again, uh, you know, as the, as um, the, the, the Jason Bourne. But uh, no, I wasn't convinced, like uh, you know, on the on the first uh, first film, first part. Yeah, because I was just really curious, as someone who was there for the inception of the Bourne style of action you know, what you thought of as it progressed forward and how it changed and in some ways stayed the same. Yeah, pretty much. So you're not impressed because the, the first one was brand new. Mm -hmm. So of course, yeah. so you get used to it. You know, it's like the James Bond, it's like the leather weapon, the whatever, you know, it's very hard. Um, 
for example, yeah, there is one, uh, the sequel of Terminator. Number one, I loved it, you know, but the second one, you know, is so great, you know, it's even much better than the first one. So it's very rare, you know, sometimes it's more like the first one because you don't know, like um, a Predator also, you know, it's the same. The first one was so great, but then after, Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's. I mean, yeah, you're happy because most if you love the the, the 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 character, you know, if you love some action, you, of course, you know, you're gonna like it somehow. But like I said, you know, um, I wasn't uh, surprised, let's say, and not very impressed. But of course, happy to see Matt again, you know, in part of uh, Jason Bourne, and there is some action, and there is some very good scenes, you know, the car race and all that. It works, you know, like like in James Bond. James Bond, they, they how many? They twenty six of them or something like that. So some of them, you know, they just like incredible, and some others, they they okay because as a kid, I loved and I still like James Bond. So yeah, it's like you you're happy to see it again, you know. But if you have to make an appreciation, you know, of what you see, just like okay, some of them they good. Some others, you know, they're not that good. So, but like, like I said, I really do respect um, uh, Paul Greengrass, you know, for for what he did and for all the different sequels. But I think yeah, the first one, yeah, I, I'm really, I, I like to, you know, I love to be in the film, <laughs> but just the film, you know, by itself, it works so good. Yeah, and one of the things that the first one really set up was the fighting with you know household objects you have the pen in the first film and i would just love to know where did that come from was that an idea that you know the choreographer had like how did that kind of come out of the ether uh, we were um looking for something like new and strange and realistic and uh, that's why you're learning close combat Close combat, you know, when you're in the army, and that's uh, that's the way it is. Um, now, uh, I prove, you know, the fact that when you're in the army and when you're fighting mano mano, you know, if you can kill the guy, you will do it, you know, because it's one or the other. That's the way of fighting, you know. Mostly when you are like in a war zone, right? So those guys they prepared with everything. It's like with even glasses you know could be a weapon you know everything could be a weapon anything so that was a very brilliant idea because a pen yeah it's like a knife if you know how to stab you know with a pen it's a weapon so when you're like an agent of cia fbi like a prof professional soldier and uh, you're gonna be in some uh, interaction you know with someone who wants to kill you what you're going to do, you're going to try to find it. Mostly if you don't have a gun, a knife, or like a proper weapon, what you're going to do? You're going to find mostly on the street. You know, it's going to be a garbage. It's going to be anything you can find to end up the fight. So the pen, yeah, we were thinking, we were looking for it, And after like a little while, I don't remember who exactly had the, the good idea, you know, but uh, I guess it's Nick. I don't remember, you know, but... Uh, when we did it, I thought that was like brilliant. You know, it was uh, anyway. It's working still. I'm amazed. To be honest, you know, it's crazy that that I'm still talking about this film and my part. You know, 20 years after, it's crazy. It's it's uh, 
it became cult somehow. And, and um, just like I said, yeah, probably because we changed like the rules, you know, fighting and with uh, things like, you know, the pen, for example. You, know, you go back, you know, you like watch John Wick chapter three and he's fighting the whole sequence with a book in the library. And it's like in terms of American movies, you know, that pen really did change the way that action scenes happen. You saw a lot more of this household objects being worked in. And Scott and I are going to be uh, did tackle the third triple X film where you also have a book fight going on. So, yeah, it really did change the game. Yep. It, it, yeah, yeah. And, um, it's interesting, really, because you say like it, it's had a it has a cult status and people are still talking about it. I think it's beyond that. Born Identity is a mainstream film and it has affected mainstream cinema to the point where people say, "Let's shoot it in a Born style. Let's let's have this fight in a Born style." And a lot of that stems from this fight that you helped put together. So I think credit where credit's due. You've you've changed action cinema with that three minute scene. Yeah. And, and I'm so proud and, and very, like I said, amazed and, and, and surprised somehow, you know, and, and so happy because, and I wish now I'm going to do another film like that, you know, maybe with two pens. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to get a pencil soon. Because, yeah, it's, it's um, no, and mostly because, yeah, um, some films, some, sometimes you, you, you said about, um, you know, Van Damme or Steven Seagal or whatever, you know, when we f um, first saw the, the film at the time, it was great. And you, you see the film, you know, like few few years after, and it, it's getting a little older, you know, I, I mean, the action and the acting. And the, so that's why also um, I go back on the emotion of, of the film, the way it's direct and, and, and what we did, you know, with the fight and all that. I mean, it's still like it didn't get old. It, it's um, you can watch it on and on. Some people sometimes they say, you know what, Nikki? Yeah, I still watched the the Born Identity, you know, yesterday on the TV and the, and yeah, it still rock on. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy, you know. It's it's um, it's still working, and uh, which is great. Yeah. So I, I mentioned um, the chat we've had on the show, Jerry Anza, who did another fight with uh, Matt Damon in another Born film. And on the set of that, accidentally, of course, Matt Damon struck him quite hard in the face as part of the scene. So uh, what I wanted to sort of ask was, was there any sort of mishaps in the creation of this fight? It's, it's, it's full contact stuff. It's going to get people are going to get hit. But was there any sort of particular standout uh, attack uh, like hits? With all respect, of course, you know, of uh, Matt. But yeah, he 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 punched me and uh, touched me like a couple of times. And um, during the, the rehearsals and uh, also during on the set. But just to, again, to show how he's a real gentleman. Um, after the film, when it was totally finished, that we didn't have to fight again, you know, for some reason, for reshoot or, you know, retakes or from uh, his driver, um, his driver came to my place uh, at the time uh, in Paris and he bought me like a box of bottle of champagne Veuve Clicquot, a big box. So I took uh, two bottles, you know, I went to, to his, hot, to, to, to his uh, hotel and, um, and we, we drank the champagne together, you know, and I said, Matt, you know, that really proved that how nice you are. 
And uh, it's part of the game also. Like I said, you know, even if it's a fake fight, it's a fight. Mm -hmm. So there is still like some danger, you know, I must say when you use the push dagger, knives, whatever, you know, there is a part of danger and a punch, even if it's a soft hand, you know, it's, it's a punch. So there is a technique to do that, but at least mostly Matt um, was brand new in the game. So yeah, he punched me a couple of times, but so gently somehow. And like I said, then we drank the champagne. So what about that? <laughs> well, one aspect of this fight we haven't talked about really is your character has the most amazing introduction and exit from a scene. <laughs> And like, I don't think there's anyone in that entire franchise who can compare to you in that particular regard. I would I just like to know. Yeah, I would just love, love to know about shooting those two bits, the crashing through the glass and then diving out the window. Uh, it was quite dangerous, actually, the first one, because the, the glass, you know, even if it's some sort of thick glass, you know, but it's still some real glass, you know, and it was thick enough you know to cut me a couple of times mostly after the fourth time i got through the, the 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 first window to get into the apartment then i started to bleed you know all over you know like jesus you know and they said nikki we done for the day i said yeah you better you know because i'm getting tired you know it's dangerous to do that and mostly because i still need my face you know to shoot the next day so they say yeah we don't and they had the good one after first time, and when uh, when I when I kill myself, when I, um, I prefer to to get suicide than to be killed, you know. But so, which is one of um, the, the the difference compared to all the different guys, you know, fight, you know, all the different agent and killers. After he killed them, me? No, he doesn't kill me. I kill myself. So <laughs> we decided to get you know to to go through the window. It was very dangerous because it was on the fourth floor and it was like only like a small platform you know i can uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna try to find um a picture you know of me um, flying in the air you know for rehearsal and you will see and you can realize that it was dangerous when i did it mostly because i didn't want to use my hand like just going crazy like almost with my head you know and just you know just flying somehow I did it only once and it worked. It was the perfect one. And to be honest, the second one, I was like, hey, if there is someone who wants to do it, go for it. But me, no, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, It was a scary shit, really, you know? It was very scary, but I did it, it went well. And the first, the first shot, you know, was a good one. I hope the crew applauded you for that one because it's an amazing shot. And many people around, you know, on the street, you know, because they knew that Matt Damon, you know, was here, you know, shooting a movie. So it was like thousands of people, you know, in the, on the streets, you know, just waiting. And, and they heard that we're going to do some stunt. We're going to do some action. So when I'm, when I'm, and everybody there, you know, said, you don't say a word, you don't say nothing, except when we say cut. And when I was in the platform like this, you know, I said, holy cow, I'm alive, you know, which is great already, you know. Then finally they say, cut. And then I just got up on the platform. I said, I'm the king of the world. And all the people downstairs, you know, they were like, yeah, you know, they were applauding. It was great, man, you know, but I was scared. I was totally scared, man. You'd have to be that, that. I'm sure that's a hell of a height to jump from. I I was. People keep talking about the pen. The, the fight also involves a lot of knife play. Now I I assume that was like a rubber 
prop knife you were using, something like that. Nope. Oh. Oh, hang on. Do you have? Hmm. Hang on. Maybe I have a, like a little souvenir somewhere. Uh huh. I don't know if it's here. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. What about that? Look at that. What about that? This is the one. And can you hear that? That's not yeah. a prop. That's not a it's prop. It's not rubber. Mm -hmm. It's aluminium. It's for real. So, yeah, the push dagger, you know? Mm -hmm. Whoa, that hurts. <laughs> wow. No, it wasn't a fake one, it was this one. I, I was not expecting you to have it there. Because my next question was going to be, did you keep any souvenirs? Wow. You kind of answered that question for me. That's. Uh, I, I thought you might keep the pen, but that that actually the knife's actually way cooler. It is. Um. So with the just with the knife, uh, sort of midi part of the scene, you use the knife um, when you're attacking Bourne. And when, because obviously the pen is the thing people tend to talk about, but I think the knife is a far dangerous, more dangerous implement that you're using there. Which came first, the pen or the knife? Knife was a uh, yeah. We we wanted to use they call it push dagger, and uh, that little push dagger, you know, it was already you know in the, in the uh, in in the fights. They, they wanted to use the, the, the push dagger, you know, and which is lovely because it's a small weapon, you know. It's it's like. Um, it's like almost like a fist, you know, you don't see it much, you know, compared to like a big knife. So this one is much more dangerous, yes. you know, because you don't see it. And mostly because um, my memory, it was on my boots, you know, hiding on my boots. And um, yeah, it was. And uh, and suddenly I just take it out, you know, and started a fight with the knife. And he realized that I have something, you know, strange and different, you know, in my hand. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was an idea of um, Nick Powell by uh, by memory. Well, the reason I brought up the the knife, and this is more of a choreograph choreographical question, I suppose. What is harder to f sort of choreograph in a fight scene? Is it bare hands, uh, yeah, knuckle to knuckle, that sort of stuff? Is it knife fighting or is it pen fighting? What's what's harder to put a fight scene together with? What was the more uh, difficult scene to put together? Well. Um... Like, like for the Jason Bourne, for example, before any kind of fight, you know, when you use a weapon, even if it's like aluminium or whatever, there is like more danger. Mm. What was that, you know? So when it's like only hands and bare hands, you know, feet or whatever, of course there is a danger, you know, but not as uh, when you use a weapon, any kind of weapons, like sword fight, for example, that really, yeah, there is um, a different concentration uh, just to make sure you don't get hurt. And you're going to take even more time, you know. You're going to get very sl um, slow from the start and, you know, step by step, day after day, then you're going to put the speed into it. But like with bare hands, mostly if you train with someone who's a little used to already, it's, like I said, there is still like a danger, but less, of course, than uh, when you use any kind of uh, weapon. And just with the... Uh... The, the actual choreographing that scene as well. And when you're shooting it now, how many times was the see the sort of fight broken down into different shots? Because obviously, a lot of the day you'll see. Well, it seems like one continuous fight. But obviously, with the magic of filmmaking, it's probably lots of different shots put together. But what's sort of the longest sequence in the fight do you remember that you and Matt had to sort of learn? 
just to give you an example, just to be very precise on the, what we did, uh, for example, the, the, the first part in Paris, you know, took three days full, all day long, okay, to redo, redo, to reshoot, you know, different angles and everything, three days. And like I said, the other part, because we couldn't shoot on, on the selling and all that with the, the, the Uzi gun, machine gun and all that, we did also three days, three or four days uh, in, in Prague. So it's uh, six, seven days of uh, shooting every day, eight, 10, 12 hours. So, which is crazy. It's like um, when you're like, uh, like a pro boxer or whatever, even like a, a pro uh, boxer, a kickboxer or whatever, to, to, to do that kind of day, you know, of working, fighting, f even if it's fake, you know, they go like, whoa, hey, this is crazy. I mean, you get very tired, you know, from that. Because it's also the thing that you're not supposed to hurt. You gotta pretend, you gotta act, but you're not supposed to hurt someone. So it's not the same when you, give like a real punch when you hit like the heavy bag or whatever, you know, you just, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you just throw the old energy there, you know, it's, you know, you just got to keep it just to make sure you're not going to hurt, but pretend at the same time on screen, oh, wow, the people, the audience, you know, the spectators, you know, they got to be afraid, they got to be, you know, they, they got to feel the, the, the pain or the violence. So, which is even harder somehow. It's very technical, and that really, yeah, that, that really, um, you, you, you need to, to, to just deal with your energy like a little different, like if it was for real, or like a real trainer, or you can just like let it go. Well, I was just really curious, everything you're talking about there, the number of things you have to keep in your mind during a sequence like this, you know, it's obviously got to be high energy and intense. You've got, you know, weapons flying around and fists and all that sort of thing. At the same time, you're trying to, as an actor, stay within the you know the mindset of your character and bring the scene to an emotional truth. Are you calm when you're shooting these scenes? Like, what is, you know, you talked about kind of centering your energy. Like, how do you do that? Like, what is the key to getting through these scenes and making this stuff work? Like I said, Masi, if you know that you're gonna shoot for like all day long, like you know, like six, seven, eight, 12 hours, you know, mostly when you have a director like Duke, you know, who wants to have a little more and a little more and a little more, like a different angle, you better stay calm. And when you have the chance to take a break, you take that break for real, you know, you just like me, I can't even sleep like on, on set sometime. I just, I just put myself like, I just in, in some sort of relax, relaxation total. Then when they, Nikki, we need you on set. Okay, just give me like a second. I just warm up a little bit, you know, and then you get ready for the action. If you just burn all your energy because you're just like going crazy. I must see when you, when you play someone violent like that. If you don't want to hurt someone and if you want to keep the energy, you know, you better use the energy when you have action cut. Simple as that. As soon as it's finished, you know, you just, I mean, you get a breeze. That's what I do, you know. It's very, it's like a martial technique, actually. You know, I just, I'm just going to calm down. Okay, we need you again. Okay. And sometimes it's on and on and on and on. And you feel like, hey, guys, sorry, I'm not a machine. I'm a human. So right now, we're going to take a break. I'm not asking you to take a break. I'm going to take a break. You know, because I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to hurt someone. And I just want to be good on screen. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, taking breaks and, you know, I think, as you say, centering yourself is very important because you're playing with lives. And, you know, that knife is, is aluminium, but you could get that in someone if you had to and you could end a career or a life very quickly. My last question about the fight scene. And, you know, I've said to you, we both love this scene. We both love the Bourne identity. It's why we're talking about it with you today. What's your favorite moment from that fight scene? <laughs> when I get up. When he kicked me and then I pass, you know, uh, flying uh, after, um, you know, on the on the desk, you know, mm -hmm. and then finally I get up, you know, and I took off the knife, the the the, the pen, you know, from my hand before to go back there and keep on fighting. That's my favorite part of the fight. I think it's brilliant. And that, that was one of my ideas, actually. So I said, yeah, I mean, come on, you know, it's, it's like a Terminator, you know, he's like this guy, he's a, he's a machine. He's a killer machine. He doesn't give a damn. Like, for example, he's ready to die. And that's what I said also. I said, yeah, I put myself through the window. He's not going to kill me. It's like, I'll be back somehow, you know? <laughs> That's why we have to do the born identity. I, I can be the brother, you know, of Castell. Castell too. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger things have happened in cinema, to be yeah. fair. Um, and, and you're right. That I, I had a note about asking you about that little moment where it looks like you kind of kip up a little bit, but it's really, it's more robotic. It's like you just sort of rise from the ground and then pull the pen out of your hand. I don't know how you achieve that shot because it, it looks tremendous. Yeah, I mean, I had to bent over you know but backward you know and somebody was holding me you know on my back you know, just to push me a little you know because mostly it was the end of the day i guess by memory i was so damn tired you know and you have to do that sort of thing you know as old that the abs you know work so hard and, you know and then finally just took up the knife the the, the pen and just going forward you know to to, to to keep on fighting yeah it was it was great you know but it was i mean yeah now i remember it was the end of the day you know when we did that and i said yeah dude you know he kicks me and then i just like yeah go back like uh, uh, dracula you know saying you know, mm. just whoo, ready again this guy is uh, like unstoppable I, I almost wish i hadn't asked how it was achieved because I, in my head i like the idea that you've just got the abs of steel and you can just get <laughs> up like that <laughs> Not after 12 hours of fighting, let me tell you. <laughs> we interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Calling all agents. Independent podcasting, much like the spy game, requires considerable resources. Whether it's research, equipment, hosting, or of course constructing a top secret volcano lair, we're putting out the call for your support. That's right. As you may know, we've activated the Spy Hearts Patreon, home of our ever-growing lineup of Agents in the Field episodes where we decode non-spy films from your favorite spy actors and full film commentaries with more intel than a Basil Exposition briefing. Cam, what have we got in our crosshairs this month? Well, Scott, call in the Avengers, and I'm not talking about Cap and Hawkeye. I'm talking about Emma Peel and John Steed because we are going to do a commentary on 1998's The Avengers. Get into your teddy bear suit, people. And if that sounds delicious then become a true spy hard today and join the circus at patreon.com slash spy but before this message self-destructs cam resume the spy jinx well i had a few questions just about brotherhood of the wolf 
which is one that has a lot of cult fandom around it. And I would just like to know, I guess, just first off, um, Christoph Gans, the director of that film, the world building in this movie is really crazy. It is a large scale film. I would just like to know about being a participant in that, kind of walking into the world he's created. It was a bit, it was crazy to mix all the different genres, you know, at the same time. And uh, mostly for our parts, um, that's what I told him. I said, how do you, and it was a little bit the same because he's very um, concerned about the techniques, you know. And um, as a director, just for actors, you know, um, ha. It's a little bit like Doug Lehman. He doesn't give you so much information, you know, so you get to pick or you get to ask or you get to propose. And that's what I told him. I said, so how do you see those guys? You know, I said, because it's very weird. You know, I mean, they cannot really do Kung Fu, you know, in the, the 17th uh, century, you know, it's, it's very bizarre. So they got to be like maybe from Mongolia or, and, and, and they got some sort of bad attitude, you know, they're really bad guys. So I say, what do you think? They, they almost like a Hells Angels. They're like a motorcycle gang. What do you think? He said, oh, that's a brilliant idea, Nikki. Yeah, totally. And I say, if they are like, you know, mixed, like maybe like Mongolian or something like that, you know, maybe then they can pretend to do some, you know, martial art techniques, but no, we do you know, Typical like position of martial arts. He said, yeah, that's brilliant. So finally, with Philip Koch, you know, who was the uh, fighting uh, choreographer from uh, actually John Woo, uh, and a brilliant actor also when you see Philip Koch, you know, in different uh, Kung Fu movies, you know, he's so good. Then we said, yeah, we're gonna do something like some sort of milkshake, again, some mix of different things, but not totally like Kung Fu style because th that didn't make sense, you know, for the film. And uh, and it worked pretty good, actually. Yeah. And yeah. your character has like a very like feral fighting style. When you go into a different movie, um, and obviously you're a very trained martial artist, what goes through the process of basically establishing the character's fighting style? Because the way you fight in Brotherhood of the Wolf is very different than the way you fight in, you know, the Born Identity. Like I just said, you know, I'm going to ask questions to the director and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to change the way I'm going to fight you know, from my character, because um, 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 uh, La Fédure, he's not like Castel, and Castel is not like the skinhead, you know, in the uh, Crimson River, and like Arsène Lupin, or whatever. Every time I have some action to do for a part, I want to know even the past, uh, the, 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 um, what they've been learning as a f fighters, or wh what can I bring through my character to make them fight like in a certain way, because that doesn't make sense. It's, and if it looks ex um, exactly the same, even for me, for the pleasure that I have to be on, on, on set, it's like, okay, I'm gonna copy myself, you know, from what I did from the, the, the born or this or that. No, I'm just trying to change. And most of the time people who's, um, know uh, certain people certain fan you know they know me through what i did it's like every time they say nikki that's crazy because we don't recognize you every time you do something you are so different in the part in the way you fight and i said yeah but that's that's my job as an actor you know and that's even more pleasure for me because if everyone recognizes exactly like with all respect but jean-claude van damme he fights exactly the same way every time 
you know, with the big split, jumping big split and all this and the ha. Ah. But the thing is that after a while, me as a spectator, you know, I got bored. You know, I was like, no, I, I won't show me something different. And again, I come back on um, and I jump back on Bruce Lee. If you see each films, you know, you can you can see that it's Bruce Lee, you know, but like Big Boss, Enter the Dragon or whatever, it's different. He brings every time different techniques, you know, and, uh, you know, to be humble. That's what I try even now to do. As an actor, do you really appreciate, too, like very, very different costuming and makeup? Because when I look at you in Brotherhood of the Wolf, you don't look anything like you do in The Born Identity. Um, is that something that you really pursue is very, very different looks as well, just visually for your characters? Of course, you know, it's uh, I'm trying to get close, not to have like fake, uh, you know, hairs or beards or whatever. That was my real hair, actually, in the Brotherhood of Wolf. And uh, and you're gonna keep that face, you know, for a few months, and just to be closer and to be like really to feel to be the part, actually. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's a, such a great pleasure because as an actor, you're not gonna be you for like few weeks, few months, and uh, you're gonna use who you are to be that different person. But I'm like a kid. I'm like a kid, you know, I play. When you're a kid, when you play the cop, the bad guy, the cowboy, the whatever, you know, you are. You you feel like you are, you know. And me, I feel exactly the same, even a few years after. Mm -hmm. <laughs> even at my age, you know, I, the process, you know, is it's exactly the same. And I talked about um, um, John Wick Chapter 3 a little bit earlier. And um, you work with Mark Dacascos, who was in John Wick Chapter 3 in Brotherhood of the Wolf. And I would just love to know about choreographing an action sequence with him because he's also a fabulous martial artist. Same uh, as uh, Matt Damon, you know, a great, great, great man, a great guy. So gentle, so funny also on the top of it and so good in the way he practiced martial arts. I mean, it was like the same. Just to, and nobody got hurt, you know, is so accurate, so precise, you know, what he does. I, I mean, yeah, we had a good time. We had a good time to, for, for the rehearsals. We had a good time on set and outside the set, you know, for like when we were uh, having the lunch, dinner or whatever, you know, he was so cool. And like I said, so funny, you know, he makes jokes all the time and, you know, having fun. And he's so close to nature, to animals, you know. I mean, he's such a lovely, he's a sweetie. He's such a lovely guy, really. And just to bring it back to Bourne, you know, you work with Vincent Cassell in Brotherhood of the Wolf, as well as, as you, as you mentioned, Crimson Rivers. I'm curious, Vincent Cassell went on to play a uh, Bourne assassin in the fourth Jason Bourne movie. Did you ever have a conversation with him when he got that role about playing that kind of assassin? Nope. <laughs> oh. And we're friends. We, we know each other for quite likely to why. Uh, I didn't know. It was a surprise, you know, when I saw the film. And uh, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, you know, because I was like, of course, you know, you, you, you look like with a different eye, you know, mostly when you know people as, as friends and as people that you've been working with. And uh, yeah. No, he did the, the, the film by itself. Mm, I think it's not the, um, 
the, the best one of the, the franchise, you know. Um, that's my, you know, personal uh, point of view, let's say. Um, but, uh, oh, the, the race car, you know, was brilliant in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. I loved it very much. And uh, the ending fight, uh, yeah, not bad, not bad, yeah. It sounds like it's almost passing muster for you. Now, I, I had a, a a little question. Now, we haven't tackled this film on the show yet, so I haven't watched it. I, I'm not going to go in pretending I know anything about it, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, because at some point we're going to cover Hitman. Oh, yeah. Which you worked on in 2007. Do you have any memory about that film at all and, and, and what you did with the role? Oh, well, it was in Bulgaria at the time uh, when we shoot the film. And um, with uh, Timothy Holyfer, um, mm -hmm. and which is also a very nice guy. Uh, the thing is that for uh, what I remember, you know, he didn't like that much, you know, to do the fight, you know, even to rehearse and all that. It was uh, not like a pain in the ass, you know, but let's say that, you know, uh, he was more concerned about his part. And like I told him, I said, yeah, but at the same time, you know, it's a part of your part you know mm -hmm. um and um and we didn't have so much time to um to to rehearse and to to get prepared so um i did actually uh all the the, the fight uh i got prepared in france in paris you know with a double with a stunt mm -hmm. guy and then finally when we were on the set uh with uh, timothy we only had a like, few days, so he was also getting prepared with also a stunt uh, to, to make my part, you know, uh, to get prepared. So it was very bizarre at the same time, because that kind of fire, who was supposed to be some sort of uh, Castel, born identity fight again, you know? Um, yeah, it was, a, it, it was like a little different, but no matter what, on the set, for what we did, and we did not too bad, they cut a lot. They, they cut a lot of uh, of the of the fight, and of course, we didn't have so much time. So the other half that we don't see on screen, but it was very well done. It was with a double because uh, Timothy didn't know all the, the 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 choreography, so that's why. But it's very bizarre because this film, um, I said, um, I heard the the director uh, had some problem. Uh, with, uh, on one hand, La Fox was going just perfect, but then Luc Besson also uh, got into the, the production and, and then they changed totally the, the editing. So it was like a confusion, I, I guess, you know, be, between the two productions and all that. So uh, Xavier Jans, um, the director, you know, wasn't very happy about uh, this uh, experience because uh, too much compromise uh, i guess um, and he didn't he didn't do the film that he wanted to do i i hadn't really been uh, looking forward to eventually tackling it but now i know i get to see you in a fight scene so at least i'm i'm looking forward to that part i appreciate that but um i think before we move on we have like a set of questions we ask everyone on the show which i'll get to in a second but you know i was looking at your imdb before i jumped on here and i've noticed that you know you've also written some shorts and directed some shorts yourself uh you've just um you just written another one called chocolate monsters that came out in 2020 and i mean just uh just a little bit about you know because you've been doing shorts since around the time born identity came out so you've been doing this for a long time 
how do you find um, working on that side of cinema, making shorts and directing and writing, compared to doing the stunt work? What do you prefer out of the two? What 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 gives you more joy? Oh, uh, it's very hard because I love to work as an actor when um, when they, they 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 choose me to 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 play parts, and um, I love to to to. Um, to direct fights and actions also for directors, you know, um, mm -hmm. it's very exciting also, but to a certain point. So that's why, uh, after a while, when I was also like a, working as a stunt coordinator and a fighting choreographer, I got a little tired of it also, because just to, uh, to talk about violence, it's, uh, it, it, it could be for me, uh quite annoying after a while so i needed more and so that's why i decided because i wanted to like i said i wanted to be an actor but not only when i was a kid i also wanted to direct fire i wanted to direct straight just like films i wanted to write i wanted to tell stories so that's why and now i really hope that i will also direct like a feature like a tv show or whatever because i feel like quite uh, ready and prepared now uh, to take that responsibility and uh, maybe with some action maybe not i don't know and uh, that's what we do you know with the shorts and also uh, with shorts you get much more freedom that you when you have like big majors you know behind you sometimes they ask you and to tell you exactly what they want with shorts you know, it's not the same industry uh, and uh, you don't make the same money also. <laughs> Most of the time you lose money, uh, but you're doing it for for like a different reason, I guess, you know, and uh, that's what we do. Mostly with my lovely lady, you know, on my side, that's what we do. Uh, and we even did like, a, and it's almost done, almost finished a sequel of uh, Chocolate Monsters because um, it was the time of the first, uh, um, how do we say, a lockdown uh, when we did the Chocolate Monsters. So we had to film ourselves, no teamwork, just the two of us, something very crazy. And to be honest, really, uh, when we saw our film, we, I even did the editing, everything. That was crazy, except that we had, uh, I have a good friend, a composer, you know, he's a very good gu guitar player, you know, he's such a, great composer he, he i mean he's incredible so he gave us a hand you know for the sound design for the music and all that but for the rest of it it was only the two of us and it, i i took a look of my lady you know and i said you know what if we have like one festival two festival selections you know it will be like a great and big success and you know what we had like over 70 selections and we had like 30 awards something crazy so what we did the film that i wanted to do with the teamwork we did like a sequel and we started uh, with the first one two people and the second one we were like 20. so it's almost done like in two weeks uh, i will be able to do like a little premiere of uh, the sequel of Choc chocolate monsters number two there you go yeah so Aside from that, aside from stunt work, now we need to figure out a little bit more about you before we wrap up the show. We have a set of questions we always ask our guests, and I've got a couple of bonus ones for you as well. We're a spy movie podcast. That's what we talk about every week. That's why we're here talking about the Bourne Identity. What I want to know from you, Nikki, 
is what's your favorite spy movie? I think I'm going to go back again on James Bond. Because when I saw Sean Connery, when I was uh, a kid, same. <laughs> I wanted to be James Bond. I wanted to be Sean Connery, you know. So that's my first spy emotion, you know, was, uh, yeah, against Dr. No, uh, Goldfinger, and also the soundtrack, the music. I just do remember, and that's one of the biggest difference, you know, from what we see now. It's at the time, we could just remember the music. It's crazy. Nowadays, it's different. Music is like in a second or third or fourth position, you know, at the time. Like if you see like the Sergio Leone uh, movies, you know, with Clint Eastwood, you just remember also the emotion brought by the music. So James Bond, don't do down 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 down. It was crazy when I was a kid, man. Mostly it was a nice suit and the, you know, butterfly tie. Oh my goodness, James Bond, definitely. Yeah, none of us have really dressed for the occasion today. <laughs> none of us have a martini in hand, unfortunately. <laughs> the hoodies but, like you, know. you guys. You we're, we're all in hoodies. <laughs> we're all in hoodies. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, Money Penny would not be happy with us today. We're more Ethan Hunt at this point, yeah, in his hoodies. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. Um, That kind of leads me on beautifully. You mentioned a couple, but if I was going to ask you what was your favorite Bond movie, what would it be? Hmm. Um, Again, with uh, Sean Connery, um, Diamonds Are Forever. Mm. Interesting. That's good timing. That Literally, we dropped our episode on that this week when we recorded it. So that's uh, I've got diamonds on the brain right now. Yeah. I think it's probably mostly with the two guys, the two killers, you know, kind of strange, you know, we don't know exactly are they gay or not or whatever, you know, I thought that it was beautiful because so unexpected, you know, at the time, I was like, wow. And it's the, the way it's directed and everything. It's, uh, and also um, with uh, George Lazembe. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's the name of it already? On Her uh, Majesty's Secret Service. Thank you. It's lovely. And that's the only way they did, but I think it's, it's, uh, he did pretty good, really. And he was a good friend of Bruce Lee, also, on the top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the stunt stuff in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, we spoke to uh, John Glenn, who shot the second unit, a lot of the stunt work in the film, and it's, it's, it's above and beyond a lot of what we had so far with Bond and would have for a while afterwards. So, yeah, good, good shout on that one. Which actually leads me on beautifully to my next question. You know, we're talking about a fight scene in Born Identity today. But what is your favorite fight scene in, in cinema history? Wow. That's a hard one. <laughs> I know. I'm not, I'm not taking it easy on you. Oh, my goodness. Huh. Uh, how oh, have so many, you know, and um, well, uh, how oh, it's gonna be the end of Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee and uh, Mr. Han. That's it, it's impossible for me. I cannot go against Bruce, you know, it's the one, you know, and it's so drama, so tragical so so intense and you know with all the the the, the mirrors and stuff you know and the way he works and 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 
and he gave he 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 gave us so much you know you see even uh Sylvester Stallone you know him Rambo when he walks in the, in the in the groves and stuff you know it's the same you know it's it's uh yeah that's the one that's the one I like but not only because I have so many <laughs> <laughs> it does seem quite unfair to ask you that but uh, I think it's a beautiful answer and we are gonna do Enter the Dragon at some point on the show as well so I'll be interested to dive into that but i think before we let you go the last question i have we spoke about born identity we've spoken about a couple of other films hitman what's something you've worked on that maybe hasn't had the notoriety of born that you want to tell people about and and share with our audience they can go and check out uh i'm quite proud too because uh, it's a very uh beautiful character beautiful part it's the arsene lupin I play Théophaste Lupin, the father of Arsène Lupin. And, um, and yeah, uh, I, like, I like the film and, uh, and not to be pretentious at all, you know, but I, um, I really like what I did, you know, in the, in the film. And uh, also my son really loved what I did, you know, that, that part. And um, yeah, it was a very good experience. And um, yeah, I recommend to, to see the film. It's, uh, it's uh, like very entertained on the top of it. Perfect. No, you should be proud of your work. And that's why we always ask. I want to hear the things that people yeah. haven't necessarily seen. It's important. You know, I mean, you can be hard on yourself because, of course, you know, I try to push myself the, the, the best I can. But it's also, you know, good to recognize, you know, what you do good. It's, it's, it's very important. You know, you got to be gentle to yourself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're only here once. You've got to. You've got to have some joy. Absolutely. Totally. Totally. Um, well, congratulations again on the medal. Congratulations on the scene that you put together in the Born Identity. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about it. It's been an absolute blast, Nikki. Oh, th- thank you so much. You know, it's a really, it's a great pleasure. You know, to share. You know, all that part of life. You know, with you guys. It, it's a. It was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was absolutely incredible. Thank you. There you go, folks. That was our chat with Mr. Nicky Norday. We said it to him, but again, I want to thank him for taking the time to speak to us uh, at length. It's one of our longer interviews. Uh, he was very gracious with his time, all about the Bourne identity. I mean, the man has a very long career. He's been in a ton of movies, not just the born identity but uh, he's still passionate about the project and i think that showed through in the interview yeah and that pen fight and his character castell was an element of the movie that you know the born identity when it came out it wasn't like met with like glowing praise but a lot of the reviews were positive and would note that pen fight and they would say like we've never seen this before this is different than james bond where you know it's gadget laden kind of fight stuff whereas here very hand to hand and the pen was brought up over and over again and that would be continuing on when you get to supremacy and um you know ultimatum and what have you like they would constantly call back to this household object fight element and Hearing him talk about that was riveting, but also being able to really break it down into the various parts. I don't know that we've gotten to do that. I mean, I guess we got to do that with Joey Ansa talking about Dash, mm. but like that whole sequence is much like, it's kind of like longer and a little more like, there's just more going on versus like this was a very specific fight we could talk right from beginning to end about. 
And, you know, we spoke about sort of the, the visceral nature of the fight and how fight sequences to that point weren't really doing that style. There were the odd... I mean, it, it did happen before, but the Bourne Identity really pushed that type of stunt you know, fight choreography of that sort of tight, you know, vicious, close-quarters combat style of fighting. Um, and the pen is the prime example. And, and talking about, you know, in military training, close-quarters combat, you're told to utilize items around you. Mm. And that's exactly what Bourne does. But people might know this in real life, because in real life, fights don't, Real life fights aren't particularly elegant. They they are very visceral. You are going for the the gonads and you're going to the floor most of the time. Cam Cam wouldn't know this. <laughs> well, it it reminds me a lot of um you know three days of the Condor. N- not this fight's be what you're talking about, like kind of the mess of a real fight where it's uh, Robert Redford versus the Postman, and we've talked mm. about you know that scene both in our review as well as the commentary where like that one has a similar frenetic energy it's much messier because they aren't fully trained combatants whereas what they're doing in the born identity is two people who are incredibly well-trained fighters going against each other and so you have that kind of the messiness and the intensity that comes with that but filtered through two people that really know how to land a blow yeah you can really tell that both the scene obviously Nick Powell put together with Nikki and with Matt, you know, it's it stood the test of time. And I think a lot of people look back at this scene, this fight sequence, and use it as an example for what they do with their own fight sequences. I mean, we spoke to Joey Answer, as you mentioned, a couple of years ago now. And I have to think at some point when they were putting together that fight scene with Jason Bourne, they went back and watched this one again. Um, not to necessarily crib anything or to avoid cribbing anything, but just to go, this is the style we're going for. And how do we how do we enhance that and push it to the next level? But you had to start that somewhere, and that's what they did in this film. Um, the pen is one of those moments of cinema history now. It it's it was just a choice they made on uh, you know when they put in that fight together. But it's what people think about when they think about the born identity. It, it, I think potentially one of the three images that it evokes in your head straight away is the pen going into the hand and also like Nicky pulling out of his hand in that mm-hmm. shot and then going back into the fight. What a badass moment that was. And, um, you know, and, and talking about some other things with Nicky as well, I mean, my favorite moment from this interview, and we'll put a clip online of the video on YouTube. You can check us out on youtube.com slash spyhards where you can get little clips of these interviews, little bits of the video sometimes. Um, we were talking about the push dagger. Just mentioned it, and then he just pulls it out of a drawer. And it's a it's a real push dagger that they used in a fight. It wasn't like a little rubber thing. So this is a professional stuntman, of course, actor and director in his own right as well, pushing a push dagger at Matt Damon, who at this point had done some really great films. That could have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> and it just blew me away that he had that to hand. and But also the the risk level mm. involved with that push dagger and just how effortless they make it look in the film. Uh, I, I won't forget that moment when he pulled out the push dagger and I, I you'll see in the video of me just like a gasp, basically. Uh, a great moment. We've had a couple instances of this because we had like Matt Charman when we talked to him about Bridge of Spies um, after the interview showed us the lighter that the Tom mm. Hanks character used in real life. Um, and this was another moment like that that I won't forget, you know, of that push dagger being pulled out and just being like, 
oh my god, I'm looking at the actual prop from the movie. Like, this is so cool. And Nikki was just so giving with not just his time, but just like, you know, the enthusiasm he had talking about these experiences, showing us things like the push dagger, talking about his own martial arts background, and, you know, how he's still competing in martial arts and had, you know, just scored a very prestigious title recently at the time we'd done that interview. Mm. So he's just someone who has a very, I think, interesting life and is very enthusiastic about just sharing it with other people in a, as a means of, you know, kind of passing on the inspiration of what you can achieve if you, you know, commit yourself to something. Yeah, and I think that passion for not just film, but for martial arts and physical fitness, I think that has definitely turned him into a very positive person. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like you said, generous with his time, generous with his attitude, and it's just great to see because we've spoken to lots of different people on the Spymaster interviews now, and they've there's been a couple where we've had to try. Uh-huh. This one we didn't have to try. No, this was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, uh, I I can't speak highly enough of the man, and I mean, we could sit here for another twenty minutes and recount some of our favorite moments, but ultimately, I went into this loving that fight scene in the Born Identity, and I came out of it loving it even more, knowing that the amount of craftsmanship that went into it, the amount of care, the amount of love that went into this small part in a film that I think changed not only the course of spy movie history going forward, but cinema history. Because people forget, like, the Born Identity, like you said, it wasn't a big box office hit, but it infected things. Editing changed. Action changed. That's why we had such esteemed guests this week, you know, John and Ashley. John being a, works with stunts and obviously Ashley works in editing. Um, the Born the born Identity, but also the Born films itself, did so much for cinema that I don't think it gets the love it deserves sometimes. And I'm glad we could give it a little bit more love by fleshing out some information on one of my favorite scenes in the film. This fight scene to me feels like the sort of moment that when Paul Greengrass jumps on for supremacy and they're looking to take it in a little bit of a different direction than what Doug Lyman was doing, obviously. When he's watching The Born Identity and figure out you know, what he wants to kind of bring to this franchise, I feel like a moment like this pen fight he hones in on and is like, okay, I love that, more of that. And then maybe you know, cutting some elements that he wasn't as big a fan of. But I feel like the, the kind of the picture of what Born became for his run of that franchise where you had him making three more Bourne films it was moments like this that probably fueled his imagination to keep you know evolving that franchise absolutely and and to be fair this film came along quite early in Nicky's uh, sort of filmography still acting and performing and directing now he's had several successful short films come out in the last few years but Cam you asked him about a couple of his other bits of work yeah, I just asked him about Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is a very interesting French period piece action movie, horror movie. It's it's many different things in one. It's some fantasy in there. Um, it is a movie that is very hard to explain. Um, if you you know look up a synopsis on um, you know Wikipedia or whatever, you'll sit there and go like, like wait, what? This sounds like a pastiche, and it kind of is, but it's a really fascinating movie where it is kind of this like traditional period piece romance tied with like werewolves and martial arts action and all that sort of stuff. And so I was just really interested to hear him talk about 
the very odd world created within that movie and his part in it. And he features in several action scenes in that movie, and you get some really incredible martial arts from him. And we did also brush past the Hitman film, which we will tackle down the road because it is kind of spy adjacent and has a quite a few spy stars in it too. So we will be tackling the Hitman. I think there's two films, Cam, is that right? That is correct, yeah. Currently, at least, anyway. Uh, so we will be tackling it. So we had a couple of questions about Hitman, which obviously you would have heard in the interview, but uh, it's nice to do a Spy Master interview about a film we haven't even tackled yet. <laughs> no kidding. Although, Hitman, I don't know that the demand is fully there yet, but come on, guys, let us know. Do you want Hitman and how soon? Hey, if we can get like Olga Kalienko in or something like that, that'd be great. I mean... Bring her on just to talk about Black Widow. I think that's more interesting, personally, but fair enough to you, Scott. <laughs> There's also, you know, that little film called Quantum of Solace there as well. That as well. There is that. Uh, a boy can dream, at least, anyway. But <laughs> um, just to wrap us up, uh, you know, this might be the last time we ever talk about Jason Bourne, which is something quite interesting to say. That's actually not accurate because we will be. We are at some point. We've had so many people pester us online that at some point we will talk about the Born Identity TV movie that existed with Richard Chamberlain because it's like people have just really held our feet over the fire about that one. So I think we'll have to at some point, but probably not anytime that soon. Yeah, well, there's there's definitely been one champion at least, and I'm looking at you, Ian. Uh, who has been clamoring for us to tackle the Richard Chamberlain TV movie Uh, he's definitely an older born in it it should be a very interesting look at it so we will be revisiting potentially the world of Jason Bourne but I think certainly the Matt Damon world of Jason Bourne may well be finished now it's so hard to say right because like Universal doesn't have a lot of properties they've got Minions and they've got Fast and Furious but like at a certain point, they're going to be looking at Bourne being like, we made a lot of money off these movies. We want something else. So I don't think it's insane that in the next four or five years, or maybe even a little less, we hear talk at least of a development of some sort of Bourne spin-off, sequel, reboot, something or other. Could we get another Bourne film? Yes. Do I think Matt Damon's ever coming back to the role? No. Never say never. Ever? Ever. Say never again. I can never resist that one. Um, But there you go, folks. As I say, that could be the last time we ever talk about Matt Damon's Jason Bourne. And it's been quite a ride over two years. I think we're coming up to two years now of uh, talking about these films. Uh, We're glad you could be here this week to help us celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Bourne identity. But Cam, that leads me on to the question. What are we tackling next week? Yes, we are tackling 2010's Salt, starring Angelina Jolie, a movie that owes just a little bit to the Bourne identity, I think, and the other Bourne films that followed. And speaking of connective tissue, we are joined once again by the fantastic M from the Verbal Diorama podcast. She'll be bringing down her expertise, and I know she's a big fan of female-led spy films, and frankly, so are we. So I can't wait to check out Salt, and of course your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to watch Salt and join us next week. If you've enjoyed our coverage of the Jason Bourne franchise, our Jason Bourne roundtable, or you just enjoy the show, please do consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. It just helps us spread the spy hard's love. And do not forget to follow us discreetly on social media at spyhards, that's S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S. But until next week, listeners, 
I think this episode was proof that the pen truly is mightier than the sword. Exploring the works of John Le Carre, each episode of the Le Carre cast looks at a specific novel or an unexplored aspect of his life and work. Join us as we take a deep dive into the world of espionage John Le Carre has revealed. Search for Le Carre cast wherever you listen to podcasts or at lecarecast.com. <laughs>